mandiamo i carabinieri, ma li mandiamo con i lanciafiamme. Do you think it's safe to ask them? Hear me, all you hosts gathered here. Kill everyone now. Condone first degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Well, I think we're about ready. Quiet, everyone. Filth are my politics. Filth is my life. From the whispers of the damned, deep within the bowels of hell, Welcome to Astro Radio Z. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Astro Radio Z. And guess what? Guess what, my lovely Astro Zombies? We are no longer going to be talking about Andy Milligan. <gasps> that dude is donezo. I'm yes. donezo with him. We can commence with Astro Radio Z the way it was meant to commence with perhaps the most insane movie I've seen 
in a, an extremely long time. And listeners, this is the first Patreon picked episode I have ever done on my podcast. Of course, you guys all know I run a Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. Every month, you can hear the sultry tones of my guest, Mark the Movie Man. Say hi, Mark the Movie Man. Hello, Mark the Movie Man. You can hear him and I do a bonus episode every month that the Patreons pick last month or this month, I should say. It was the Fat Boys gimmick, the Disorderlies. And we had a lot of fun with that. And we brought on my girlfriend, Amy. Amy, say hi to the Astro Zombies. Hey. She came on that last bonus episode to talk with us about the Disorderlies. Now, the three of us have been tasked by Patreon subscriber Mel that all of you should know because he was actually the focus of an Astro Radio Z episode way back in the day. Uh, He is the director, Mel House, the director of, I probably shouldn't say the movie that we brought him on the podcast for because he has actually made other movies other than that movie that he would probably prefer that I refer with his name attached to them. So we'll do that. We won't talk about the movie that brings him nothing but migraine headaches. Most of his, I mean, whenever anybody brings it up, but he's the director of psychic experiments and the new movie in the blood. He is a Patreon subscriber and you listeners, if you want to book your own episodes of Astro Radio Z, go over to patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. I'm not a, you know, beneath hard shilling constantly on this podcast. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. But you can go over and you can tell us what to actually cover on this podcast if you would like to. Mel was the first in the tier that I allow people to actually do this. Well, and wait, wait, didn't he actually mail you? (laughs) He went so far. He was so giddy once he signed up for this Patreon tier. He was so giddy to get me a movie. He's like, Derek, I know exactly the movie to send you. Do not. This was the caveat he gave me. And I I think I had told you this, Mark. I'm not sure. Please correct me if I'm wrong on this. But he told me flat out, Derek, I have the perfect movie for you. Debbie Rashan gave me this movie and made me watch this movie when we were on the set of In the Blood, which used to be called Imago. She made me watch this, and now we are tasked with anybody we can find that likes crazy movies. They have to watch this. So this is like a ring gimmick. Like, you see this within seven days. If you don't tell somebody else to watch this fucking movie, you're going to fucking die. Oh, man. So so I hope you're aware of this, Mark the Movie Man. You better show this to somebody very quickly. (laughs) I, I might be okay because the Patreon... Subscribers came and watched this movie with us. Someone so I vouch- think I'm, in the, I'm in the good. Can one of them vouch for me? Who am I going to show this movie to? <laughs> but anyways, he could not wait to get this movie to us. The movie tonight, as you can read, is the title of this episode, A Conversation with an Alien. Uh, we were told specifically we could not read anything about it. And we could not watch a trailer. We had to go in as cold as humanly possible to this movie. Now, having said that, whether that benefited or detracted from the experience that we we experienced tonight, 
<laughs> I, 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 I really don't know. So, uh, Mark, before we take a break, is there anything that you have to say about what we've made you do tonight <laughs> for this podcast? There's been many movies that I've made you sit and watch uh, over the course of our time uh, together. Yes. Has there ever been anything quite like a conversation with an alien? I can honestly say I do not think so. I think I think this is the wildest film that we have covered, which is saying a lot. I mean, we we talked to Neil Breen, so uh, it's saying a lot uh, about <laughs> that. Uh, but yeah, it's I, I've not experienced many films like this. So, listeners, welcome back to regular Astro Radio Z, where we hear are constantly searching for the weirdest and strangest films out there. Not the, we're not going to sit here and talk about a quiet place too. We're not going to sit here and talk about the hunt, which came out, which you should all go watch. It was a fantastic movie, but we're not going to sit and dissect that. The movie we're going to talk about tonight proves no matter how deep you think your knowledge of cult exploitation and obscure films are there is always always something far weirder than you have ever seen or even fucking heard of in your entire life so having said that we're gonna take a short break and when we come back i cannot wait to hear mark the movie man give me the plot synopsis for a conversation with an alien We'll be right back. I say that you're a terrible reporter. It's a running splash. Look out. The top rope suplex. Buried him with that sidewalk slam. Tree of woe. I know a gentleman that's going to be a big part of an upcoming card is this, this man. What was that? I'll tell you what that was, Gene. That was me, Dan, the animal, tearing through him, okay? I took him with my bottom rack, and I hit him with the rack, and I came out on top. And for all you little dentomaniacs out there, in case you're wondering what this is, what are you going to do when the bottom rack comes for you, okay? <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan, <laughs> and this is The Bottom Rack. Bottom shelf entertainment for your top shelf lifestyle. <laughs> and yes, I dabble with wrestling. Now, I wanted to do something special, seeing as how we got WrestleMania coming up before too long. It's always a magical time of year. And uh, I got inspired to, I don't know why, <laughs> I got inspired to, uh, and this has nothing to do with WrestleMania. It's just I've been kind of going on it. Oh, I can tell you where it came from. I've been going on like an 80s wrestling binge and uh, watching all the, you know, back when wrestling was fun. But anyway, <laughs> I watched No Holds Barred. Now, <laughs> whoo, man, this movie. 
I'll give you what this like kind of like run down what this movie is. I believe this this won't shouldn't take too long. I don't know. It might. It's fun to talk about, but it's not really fun to talk about the movie. I mean, I mean it's kind of fun to talk about the movie. Anyway, <clears throat> No Holds Barred, 1989, starring the immortal Hulk Hogan. Okay, and this is WWF Hulk Hogan. This is the um. Let me see. What was it called? In your, I don't know why I'm as just rhetorical. It was called In Your House or something. It was a Saturday morning. It was like wrestling highlights. You would show. It was this era. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. This is after WrestleMania three. You know, so it's, it's you know 1989. So you're still riding on that high watermark from uh, WrestleMania three, four, five. I mean, this is to me, this is the high watermark for WWF for professional wrestling. Honestly, this is like, of course, I'm biased because I was a kid, but. Along that time, this movie comes out, a movie called No Holds Barred. I mean, they build this thing as, like, super serious. You know what? We'll get into that. Let me go ahead and do that. I don't think you quite understand. (laughs) Sit back. I mean, I'm not even going. This ain't even mansplaining, all right? This is full bore. Just sit on back. And uh, let me just tell you, because I I don't know if you understand the gravity of – of what this film was and what was happening. See, in pro wrestling, back when I was watching it, it was real. <laughs> no, that's what I thought when I was a kid. We all did. You know, it was just, it was real. They were really hitting each other. I mean, this was just, this was, I mean, this is it. This was life or death. This is the struggle. This is just the magic of being a kid watching wrestling. These icons, these heroes are larger than life. So they start building this movie called No Holds Barred. I remember hearing about it. Hulk Hogan's going to be in a movie. I mean, this is freaking awesome because, I mean, I was a Hogan. I was a Hulk Hogan kid. We all, you know, as little kids, we all had the ones that we jumped into, you know, Hogan, you had the warrior and the macho man, all favorites. But I mean, I'll just tell you as a little kid, it was Hulk Hogan. I mean, he's the icon. He is the face of professional wrestling. So he was coming out in a movie. It was like, oh man, this is going to be good. And it was called No Holds Barred. All right. And then they start giving you these trailers and they bring this dude out that I had never seen before. And they called him Zeus. And this is a big dude. Now, much later on, we would of course realize that his name is tiny i guess is his nickname is tiny but and another nickname is zeus but his name was tiny zeus lister and uh so he i had never seen him before when he comes out big dude like obviously he could fight because he worked out he's got his hair cut like in a z and it's just magic because he doesn't talk he doesn't say anything and in the movie he actually only says like one word and it's just his name But regardless, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't have to. He just comes out and he beats the crap out of people. And he's got those metal bracers bracers that he clangs together with the sound effects. So, I mean, they were doing a promo for this dude in the ring. Like, Hogan's wrestling, and it might be in this time, you know, I think if it was 89, that was probably either the Warrior and or Macho Man were doing their feud. And one of them was the champion. It might have been Warrior was a champion at the time. So you still got feuding going on, but if I'm also remembering correctly, it was you know Hogan and Macho Man might have been part of a tag team at this time. Whatever, regardless, it's during this time period that Zeus would start doing some interference and stuff, and like he was unstoppable. You couldn't beat him. This dude was just a one man killing machine, and that was as like I was like, how in the world is Hogan going to beat him? Because I remember them building this up. I think because I was so young and I didn't have cable, so all I had was the Saturday morning highlights. The uh, and I think it was called In Your House, if I remember right. But 
Um, I just remember the highlight reels and then leading up to the pay-per-view. And if I remember right, they had like a pay-per-view after the movie premiere or whatever, and it was going to be Hogan versus Zeus. I remember distinctly one Saturday morning and I'm watching it and Zeus comes out and at this time, uh, I believe it was Hogan and Brutus Beefcake were in the ring because they were friends. You know, Brutus Beefcake turned face at the time after WrestleMania three. Somewhere around that time, he started be- being a good guy. So anyway, <laughs> Zeus comes in and interferes with whatever match Hogan was involved in. And I remember Hogan staring him down. And now, when Hogan gives you the stare down again, I don't think you understand. Normally, you can fight a guy. And you look at Hulk Hogan, like, he looks like he could fight. And, you know, you watch wrestling, he can fight, you know. But when he stares you down, you know, you can fight back. You can do whatever you want, body slamming, throw him in the ropes, whatever you want to do to Hogan, that's fine. When he looks at you like that, you're done. It's over. I mean, the, <laughs> the match is over. Call it. Go on and get out and go on home while you still got your legs under you to carry you. The Hogan's staring Zeus down, and Zeus is staring right back. And I couldn't tell which one he was looking. <laughs> Sorry, that was a funny joke. Anyway, maybe not funny, but it was funny. Anyway, Zeus is staring him back too, and nobody's moving. And like, I was just, man, I can tell you, I was worried. Like, this is for the first time as a kid, I was actually worried about Hogan if Hogan was going to take it because Hogan would punch Zeus and nothing would happen. He'd just turn his head and then he'd he'd look back at Hogan and smile. And then Hogan would hit him again, and he looked back at Hogan and smiled. I remember Hogan took a chair and whap, right on the back, nothing. Didn't happen. And then Zeus started beating up Hogan. It was, dude, that was terrifying. So this movie had always just, uh, I was afraid to watch it. And for whatever reason, I forgot, and I never watched it (laughs) until a couple of years later. And I haven't seen it, like, since. So I pop in No Holds Barred. (laughs) and in case you haven't noticed i'm a big wrestling fan i love it just yeah i love wrestling wrestling as i call it r-a-s-s-l-i-n wrestling anyway no holds barred let's pull the cover i think i remember like the cover being black but anyway like a black border background this thing is pure 80s 89 at the end of it but i mean this thing seriously is pure 80s wonder oh well no wonder the picture it looks like it's a poster that's been folded so it might not even be the actual artwork anyway so we'll we'll give you this is a promo poster it's got the crease and i actually like this it's really cool anyway no ring no ref no rules hulk hogan no holds barred and hogan's like got the 32 inch or 41 inch pythons this goofy blue and white outfit but with his he's got his do-rag and under him you've got zeus arms wide he's got those metal bracers and you can't really see it in the poster but dude wears chain mail like i'm serious zeus was a force not to be reckoned with he as a kid like he did his job he sold it unfortunately he's not much of a wrestler but that's neither here nor there still oh yeah and under zeus you got a whole lot of people that's just staring off at him and uh it's got that one dude who ended up playing gabriel in lost i think it was gabriel he ended up playing like the angel in lost i forgot his name he's like really mark pellegrino uh that dude like he's in this it's really funny because he's kind of young anyway y'all know my take on this i will let you know if the cover art all right so let's what does the cover give us the cover gives us hulk hogan who's not really looking at you but it kind of looks like it is zeus with his arms wide spread and he's like ah 
And uh, then you got like this crowd of people underneath. And uh, of course, it's saying no holds barred. So does this movie, does the movie deliver what's in this poster? Let's find out. Let me give you a synopsis. And honestly, the summary given on IMDb is pretty much about as good as anything I can tell you, because I will be painfully honest with this. It's, I can't even hardly remember this stupid thing. Seriously, this is it's like a wrestling promo. And uh, so I can give you like some factual stuff mixed in with this <clears throat> rip. All right. Hulk Hogan in this film, his name is Rip, as in the Ripper or Rip It or whatever. And something to do with like finger shit. Like they hold their hand like a, like they're surfing or something. It's like <laughs> Rip It or whatever. So it's Hulk Hogan and his little brother and they're wrestling. And on a side note, they actually, with this, this movie makes wrestling seem, I mean, wrestling is cool because they use sound effects, they use punch foley and stuff for like the moves during the wrestling match and it makes the wrestling match just seem that much cooler like seriously if they could have that like the whole time that's what i hear in my head anyway so rip is the world wrestling federation champion and of course he's number one he's on top of the world and he's got all of his fans and he's number one in the network well there's another rival network and it's this guy, whatever his name, uh, Kurt Fuller. You recognize him if you saw him. He always plays a uh, bureaucrat weasel. He wants to poach Rip and bring him to his network. Well, Rip stays honest and, you know, whatever. He wants to stay with the company he's at. And so shenanigans and hijinks ensue. So Kurt Fuller, that dude, the weasel guy with his network, we can call, I'll call him Ted Turner because it's, it's funny how prophetic this movie kind of was. Or Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Seriously, think about it. Anyway, so Eric Bischoff, not Bischoff, I'm just, I'm playing here. Anyway, in the narrative, the guy has his own network. He wants to start his own wrestling program, so he wants Rip. Rip doesn't want to come over there, so he has to think of a way to try to get Rip over there. But anyway, he wants to start his own thing, so he calls it like the Battle of the Tough Guys or something. And it's like some stupid name. And he hosts it in a bar, and it's basically no-holds-barred fighting. So it's almost like a clown version of the Kumite. <laughs> of the Kumite. Think of it. I mean, seriously. It's like a Big Lots version of Bloodsport. <laughs> Blood <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of, sort of. Let me see, because I'm trying to think of where I can be. Because, I mean, there are there, – well, there used to be a Big Lots around here. Seriously, it's like go come down south and – uh find a big lots maybe even a uh, maybe the old dollar general maybe even i'd probably say like sky city like one of them old places like that and uh imagine putting on a kumite there because <laughs> that's what you get yeah it's a bar it's, the, it's like a battle of the tough guys and anyway the guy eric bischoff wants rip to come and wrestle or come and fight but rip won't do it and in the meantime rip has like this public relations coordinator and i'll get to her momentarily um the music is this movie is just exudes 80s anyway during the battle of the tough guys zeus comes in now he's this big muscly dude just comes strolling up in there looking all menacing doesn't talk doesn't do nothing comes in there and beats the crap out of people in the ring and apparently zeus was in prison for killing a guy in the ring before and so all zeus does is go and clang his metal bracers together and beat the crap out of people. It's it's awesome. It's it's a beautiful thing. So as Eric Bischoff wants to get Rip Hulk Hogan to 
come over to his wrestling thing, he starts using Zeus to tear people up and stuff. And I mean, it's just similar thing. Ultimately, he takes Hulk Hogan's little brother and he like handicaps him or whatever. I think he does. They make it seem like I mean, seriously, just to get into wrestling, he's gonna sit there and break his brother's back just to come on to his TV show. I know it sounds stupid and incoherent. If you watch it, trust me, that's about what the movie was. It's 80s all the way. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I do want to get uh, to the, and when I say 80s all the way, it is. Hulk Hogan prances around. He's got his wrestling super sneaker cowboy boots that he wears with his do-rag for every occasion. He's like Ernest P. Worrell with multiple colors. It, seriously, he's got a wrestling outfit and do rag and those cowboy boots for every day of the week it's incredible there is a i will say the co-star her name is joan i guess severance joan severance (laughs) dude (laughs) all right pardon me for a minute when i think of like 80s beautiful and stuff of course it's miss elizabeth as a little kid Man, I got to tell you, though, it's just like I thought I was over that. And then I watched this movie, you know, like a week or so ago. And it's like, nope, I'm still there. I'm t- This woman is drop dead. Holy damn gorgeous. Like the 80s big hair, just absolutely stunning. And I mean, <laughs> yet I could, I just, I'm rambling, but holy crap. Absolutely gorgeous. The movie, whoo, <laughs> whoa, sound like Ric Flair. <laughs> Does the movie deliver what the poster shows? I mean, yeah. Yeah, actually it does. The story is <laughs> it's just mindless. The effects are terrible. The music is awful. The plot is incoherent. It's just it's just all around bad. <laughs> if you're a wrestling fan, watch it. You'll get you a good laugh. If you're not a wrestling fan, you might find something good to laugh at. But ultimately, it just stay in your lane <laughs> not to sound like that but it's i mean if you're a wrestling fan you're gonna like it but yeah i mean the poster the poster gives you what what the movie delivers it, it's there you got zeus with his arms outspread and banging his bracers and beating people up throwing people around and hulk hogan kind of doing the same thing it was made as a vehicle for hulk hogan and produced by vince mcmahon um, New Line released it or distributed it, but I mean, this was a McMahon vehicle. The funny thing is, is the initial, the first draft of the script, and according to the trivia, Hogan and McMahon disapproved it. So they went to a hotel and stayed up 72 hours rewriting it and it should have just stuck in the ring. Anyway, there's a lot of neat little trivia, especially if you were alive. Um, oh, Peter Dinklage is in this, just to let y'all know. Short little headbanger. He's, uh, he's in this film. If you were alive during the time when this movie was out, if you grew up watching WWF, if you grew up with the 80s Starcade, which that's WCW, I believe. But, uh, I mean, if you grew up in that time, then you're you're going to watch this movie and you might not even see this film. You you might not even be seeing what's happening. To believe me, you're not missing anything. You you seriously might not even be seeing it. You're going to be transported back to whenever you were a kid. Like when I was a kid and I saw the previews for this movie and I see Zeus barehanded, bare knuckle breaking cinder blocks hanging from chains. Like that's how this dude worked out. And I, oh my God, there is no way Hogan is going to beat this guy. Like this was battle. This was Clash of the Titans. This was it. And 
it was no holds barred. <laughs> so anyway, to uh, it's been a while since I've cut a promo. So if y'all forgive me a little bit, let's see if I can scream and shout and uh, maybe cut you a little promo for the for uh, old time's sake. <clears throat> So I just want all you kids to know out there who are sitting there listening to the bottom rack. I hear you. I look out there and I don't see you actually, but I know you're there. I can hear the chants. I can hear the praise. I stand out there in the ring and I know that my little Daniel Maniacs are going to be there pumping me up, giving me the power, ready to see me go and conquer and take the belt. Because at the end of the day, what you going to do when my bottom rack rolls all over you? <laughs> Thanks, man. This has been The Bottom Rack. I'm Dan, and I will holler <laughs> at y'all later. You are listening to Astro Radio Z. There's a lot of fake news out there. This is time to come together. So, Amy... Take a drink. Go ahead and take a drink. It's okay. (laughs) I might need it. (laughs) Savor that drink. So you and I just surpassed the one year mark of our relationship this last week. That's true. Happy anniversary. Uh, So having said this, (laughs) have you gotten sick of the, the dumb shit that I've made you watch yet? Especially for this podcast. (laughs) I mean, I would just, find something else to do <laughs> I wasn't I'm good I yeah well good well I'm glad because tonight quite possibly maybe one some of the most dumb shit I've ever seen in my entire See, life the, every time I like the weird movie you don't so I, I don't know really what to say well I didn't say I liked it or I didn't like it I oh. just said Boy, did we just watch some really dumb fucking shit. Well, yeah, we did. And on purpose. <laughs> on purpose. Well, thanks to, to Mel, who, who recommended us watch Conversation with an Alien, which seems like we're in a, cur- a ring curse gimmick here. Um, I'm going to leave it up to Mark the Movie Man, because he is the most intelligent member of Astro Radio C. <laughs> To try <laughs> to try and de- decipher what the fuck the plot was of the film we just watched. Mark, the movie man, what was the plot of Conversation with an Alien? I must warn you now that my plot synopsis may have spoilers. This is a warning. Thank you. Okay. So it doesn't it doesn't matter if there are spoilers, Mark, uh, even telling anybody like a minute to minute, <laughs> second by second blow watching it. You will still not understand a single thing that's being you know put in front of you. So good okay. luck. So the film opens in the future where we're getting a doctor who is giving a narration to a group of visitors to their huge, wonderful tower in the future, asking them about uh, the conversation with an alien and why he has part of an alien in his brain. We flash back to an archaeologist who's out in the middle of nowhere trying to keep his funding while searching for that next big breakthrough. And lo and behold, just as things are on the ropes, as far as money goes, he decides discovers it. Well, his buddies do anyway. They find a spaceship in a cave. One of his buddies touches a piece from that spaceship and goes wacko. He 
suddenly feels like Superman. Now we flash forward ahead. He is now designed a lab to study what they found inside the spaceship, which was an alien. This alien has telepathic powers. And so he finds volunteers, quotes, they kidnap people who are psychic, who can talk to this alien, who then keep it in check while they dissect it and try to learn its secrets. Well, when they happen to pick one particular individual named Victor, who later on you learn is the guy actually narrating, he becomes bonded to this alien so much uh, that he tries to uh, he comes under its spell, so to speak. And while he is talking through the telepathy for this alien to uh, to uh, they're just conversing with one another to learn about one another. A piece of the alien escapes. It manages to communicate with its fellow aliens across the galaxy using just a standard radio that's in this lab. <laughs> and while the quake engine, not even quake engine, uh, oh, this was definitely like mist era CGI okay. graphic. Mist era CGI spaceship goes flying back towards Earth because we also get an explanation of why there's suddenly no moon in the future. We see how Victor and the alien take their aggressions of being captured out on the guy who's orchestrated all of this, the archaeologist known as Mr. Smith. There's also a woman in here who has telepathic powers to connect to these volunteers who also has her brain removed and can also talk to the alien. And we see how the aliens buddies try to come to rescue him before Mr. Smith kills the alien and Victor being caught up in the middle of all of this. Mark the movie, man. Hmm. I have to say, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You, it makes a lot more sense now. Uh, I, was hoping, dear listeners, that Mark the Movie Man would tie this all up in a bow for me because watching this movie, and Amy can attest to this because she was sitting right next to me, I was slack-jawed. I had no idea what the fuck was going on in this movie because within the first seven minutes, you feel like you've watched a 30-minute film. Oh, yeah. There is so much thrown at you, Amy. Did Mark the Movie Man make this movie absolutely make sense to you? Yeah, I get it now. I didn't realize the whole time the alien had telepathic powers. <gasps> that would have been helpful to understand. <laughs> yeah, that's why they had the volunteers. <laughs> the volunteers use their powers because she can tap into the tel- telepathy of the people. They find the volunteers, bring them back, sedate them, make them connect with the alien, which keeps him sedated, supposedly, or mentally occupied so they can do the dissection. I thought they were just like they brought these volunteers in and they were doing experiments on them that had to do with the alien. But they were trying to find special telepathic powered humans to communicate see, with the thought, alien. See, I thought they were just randomly kidnapping people like it didn't seem like there was any real tie to the people that these two boobs that were going out in the CGI van um, <laughs> and, and, and kidnapping people. It, I, it, it felt like they were just randomly getting people, holding them up in somebody's basement and then making them. They made them put on headphones and smoke cigarettes. Well, no, the cigarettes were like like Carla got cigarettes for. No, that was their reward. Information. Yeah, it was yeah, like that their was, prize. That was okay. her reward. So but, they were like jailhouse bitches. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and she helped find Victor or whatever his name is because he says that's not his name. Was that the name right. that they co- constantly called out in the background? No, that was like well no that was like a half hour of the movie all you heard was in the background while this guy's in a kid's fucking uh desk <laughs> a wooden kid's desk from elementary school you hear in the background what <laughs> like a half hour of this movie what were they saying let, let us not. Uh, well, it was just background noise to try to make you sound, because when you do occasionally get into the hallway, you had actual dialogue you could hear. So it was just giving the impression that this is a very living, uh, active lab where stuff is always going on. I mean, we've got new interns coming in because scientists keep getting killed uh, by the creature when they are trying to experiment on it, because you have the subplot in here of Mr. Smith, who is running the whole thing with his batch of volunteers to help try to psychically control the alien. And then you have the uh, doctors and they want to dissect it and learn it. And you've got this clash between Smith and the head uh, uh, surgeon who is in charge of doing the dissection and uh, throwing all these interns into the lab as they get killed every time there's an experiment. You are way better at watching movies than I am. <laughs> I think the key here is Mark actually paid the fuck attention to this movie. I tried. And I was too concerned with, one, tonight during our stream, Facebook Live kept booting us. Like, first things first, before we started this movie tonight, I had on some wrestling clips to, you know, grease the wheels. And WWE blocked my Facebook Live video. <laughs> After that point, I tried running this movie and Facebook was just like, fuck you. You ain't going to run a goddamn live stream anymore tonight. So we went over to cast and I'm sitting here with, you know, running the cast and then trying to, like, keep up with the chat that's going on. I had to put it away for a while because there was no way I was going to even remotely discern what was going on in this movie if I had a any sort of divided attention whatsoever. So I think Mark, unlike myself, was laser focused on this. Were you, were you laser focused? I, I I had to be because my brain really was trying to piece together exactly what the story was in there because it's in there. It's kind of hard to dissect <laughs> because um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's in pieces and you, 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 have, you go you go from seed to seed, but it it they don't dissolve scene. They, they don't. Yeah, there's no transitional. They, they they fade from one scene to another, so it's almost like these just little little skits, little little bits of of the film, and you get the fade in and outs in between to where normally that would signify oh something, but no, it's. And then, yeah, there's dialogue in the background. Uh, There's characters that are continuously introduced. And then, of course, the the the, in quotes, CGI to which at one point we get a not enterprise being chased (laughs) 
All these Enterprise shows pop out of nowhere. It totally looked kind of like it. It looked exactly like it. It was. It was. If you watch the early models, the previs models in that of Enterprise, that was it. That was the one ship that the alien, because we get the story, we eventually, through all these pieces, parts of this film that keep fading in and out and just randomly bombarding your senses, eventually you deduce or can after maybe a few drinks is that the one ship that they're showing is a flashback and it's chasing the not enterprise and when it destroyed the not enterprise it got damaged and then it fell to earth during the prehistoric era and you know it's the prehistoric era because of the shitty cgi pterodactyl silhouette <laughs> you get was Flat out, Mark. That's a point where I just looked at him. I'm like, was that a fucking pterodactyl? I said, I hope so. It was a pterodactyl because it crashed land during the prehistoric era. <clears throat> that's it's why. It, what? It, I thought that's when it came back to save it. No, 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 no. It came back to save it when it attacked the lab later on. No, it when oh. it crashed, it just was hard to tell because there was no discernible distinction between ships. But that's because you're supposed to know that the ship that was going into the gas station, literal CGI gas station, um, with the pumps, space gas station. I know the space, space gas, gas station. The space <laughs> gas station. Yes, with pumps and everything that looked like old school fifties pumps. Anyway, it, that ship looked the same as a ship that crash well kind of is actually a little bit more elaborate that's probably their flagship or maybe a command ship of sorts um because it'd been a long time since you know anyway and so this was like a fighter that crashed on earth way back when and then he the little tentacle piece that broke off during one of the dissections sent out the <gasps> signal and that's then, my favorite part and it always has the syringe it always yeah. had the syringe in it. <laughs> it had a, because they shot it with, with no, before they it broke dropped off. It. Yep they they dropped they the dropped syringe. a syringe. It stuck in the tentacle, and the tentacle slithered its way down a ventilation shaft. the The syringe hit every goddamn thing on the way down the the ventilation shaft and never budged it, for the entire movie. There's this CGI. We're talking mist era CGI tentacle that slithers. And this fucking syringe is stuck in it the entire fucking movie. Like, did we think if the syringe fell out and it wasn't there, we would think it was a different tentacle? Like, why why leave it it in? it was a tough skin. It was it, once it pierced. It was a tough skin. It was and, tough if you, and and if you watch how the syringe gets dropped, it's the same physics as in Veronica. Because, <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> it's because, so good because he's holding the syringe around chest level, and the tentacle is above him, and he, yep. he drops it. But it falls up into the tentacle, much like yeah. Veronica <laughs> physics. So you've got so dancing ripped off from conversation. I got to stop you, Mark. I didn't do this the entire Veronica episode because I mostly thought it was really funny, especially upon editing it. Yeah. But his name is Danzig. Oh, Danzig, not Danzing. Okay. <laughs> uh. 
I thought it was I thought it was great. I just let you go because I thought it was really really fun. Zing sound Dan. Zing sounds a lot better. <laughs> From now on, we should call it. Rolls off the tongue a little easier. It does roll off the tongue a little easier. But in any case, Dan Zig uh, gathered robbed the physics from <laughs> conversation with an alien uh for his movie so uh they i think they've got a lawsuit there possibly with the physics that they use we should um, start yeah. collecting which movies inspired that yeah well, yeah well, you're what the albino spider of the jet yeah this was part of it yeah. oh See, my the, god the we've falling, watched it so many times after that point the i falling. only watched it twice yeah, um, but in any case, yes, the tentacle, the badly CGI tentacle, which communicated with the spaceship that came to save them eventually. Um, which, uh, yeah, Victor is the guy. I, I piece pretty quickly that the Victor is the guy who was giving the story later on in the big ivory tower because they asked, how did he get part of the alien brain? And we saw during one of the segments yeah. how they bat dropped the badly CGI squirmy thing into his eye. And which was a part of the, the alien the booger, the, booger. the yeah. alien booger. Oh my god! Which was supposed to be a part of the alien brain, and because they, the the scientists really don't have no rhyme or reason to their experiments, they just come up with an idea like, "Hey, why don't we see what happens when we remove the psychic's brain completely?" And uh, and they do that, and they put a woman's brain in a in a jar, and they're all fascinated by the fact that they've never seen a woman's actual brain in a jar in, before. In person. In person. Yeah. That's a like real. the scene in Swamphead where where the cop looks out and goes, "Whoa, it's a real brain." <laughs> it's just a brain hanging out. That's exactly what happened. And every time we see the brain in this movie, Enya music starts playing mm -hmm. for some unknown reason. Mm -hmm. Well, because it's talking to uh, it's, communicating. it's communicating with the aliens. Perfect it, it, communication. Yes. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Because she had the strongest link up until uh, uh, quote unquote Victor uh, came along. She had the strongest link to the alien. So therefore, the you know, when they removed her brain, she didn't have the resistance of her skull to not talk to the alien. Um, because she had a bunch of tentacles jammed into her half alive head yeah what was that part did that was like keeping her alive yeah they were keeping her alive i'm not sure why if they were planning later on to put the brain back but the brain looked like it grew after they removed it from her head because if you look at the size of the brain in the in the in the water and the size of her head it must have grown so it like expanded and maybe that's what happens to the brain you know it's kind of like a pressurized balloon but once you remove the skull it kind of expands like, <laughs> like, like when like a goldfish gets water. bigger in a bigger tank yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think the water I mean, soaked it up like a sponge no it's like it's no. like it's like those it's like the little foamy uh, toys used to get to where if you put them in water yep. they expand yep. 10 times their normal size that's uh, like that uh, grow a boyfriend right, yeah yep. right no 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 it's her psychic ability growing oh that could be that could be it that's bullshit like this movie is but, but, but grow a boyfriend sponge is not it makes more sense to me. <laughs> no okay what kind so, of sponge are we ask, talking is, about is, yeah is the is the brain lady and bear with us folks i'm sure this is terribly exciting us trying to figure out what the fuck happened in this movie this is great radio um great podcasting but was the lady with the brain taken out the same lady who the one dude that was locked in the kids chair who all of a sudden started seeing this other lady take off her top and expose her breasts and everyone was wooed and wad yes no. 
That yes. was not Carla. No, yes, it wasn't. It was. It was no, Carla. It was not. So if you look at her face, they're different. The hair <laughs> color is different. Mark just got called out. No, I guess I got just called then, out. I no, thought it was Carla. No, Mark, you can't. You can't. She has okay. a face. Mark. It's not Carla. The brain is shown. And then another scene, the lady who's topless is like, rah, rah, rah. Like, oh, not okay. able to talk. Not Carla. So it wasn't Carla. It wasn't Carla. No. It was a different person with the brain yes. in the jar. No, it's nothing to do with the boobs. I thought it was because she was the psychic <laughs> strength. That's why her brain was, you know, they kept zooming in on the same shot with the brain every time they showed the aliens as if it was talking to the aliens. Are you, are you sure that wasn't Carla? No, he got because the alien the boob scene was brain. No, the boob, it was after. No, it, the I, boob so, scene was before the brain uh, part. The brain part was like so. the last half hour of the film. No, he had the, the booger part. put in and then he did this weird... <laughs> Some lady starts taking her shirt off, and then Smith is like, "Oh my God, he psychically told her to take off her shirt." Woo-hoo. Like that's real, really yeah, important, they, and exciting. They, they called her Carla in the script, though. Oh, we now I want to. I really don't think so. They, call, they, they called her. They said they, he made he made Carla take her shirt off. Or I, don't, they, I don't think so. Yeah, it was supposed to be Carla. I think yeah, because. Oh. I believe they made the mention of it. I'll look up to see if I can find the subtitles to the film. Okay, so I, I let's let's roll this back. <laughs> let's roll this back. So you you may very well be right, Amy. You're very astute and observant. So um. I lo- I look at the eyes. <laughs> Mark, do you only see women as a pair of boobs? No, not at all. It's hard uh, Derek, to see on that screen also- anyway, though. You know. Who also thought it was the same lady. I did. <laughs> so maybe I'm wrong. I'd like to know. I don't think so. Do we, do we really want to watch it again to see? No. I, I almost thought we weren't going to podcast tonight because I, I looked at Amy when it ended with, with just wild astonishment in my eyes and said, I think I need to watch this again because I don't think I took anything in from this movie. So the reason why it's such wild confusion as to what happened in this movie, dear listeners, is because this is the type of movie that was (laughs) surprisingly enough. This movie was made in 2001 by Jeffrey Hartig. This is and this may be a shock to no one. The only movie that he made, the only credit that he has hardy har har his production company that he was so proud of that his company tag took 10 minutes at the end of the film this is the only film that they made more and to come maybe maybe they're still <laughs> working on the second one it's a mic drop right it's like we did this movie and we're just gonna we're gonna move the fuck out we don't ever need to make another one but perfect communication happened this is the type of movie where the makers obviously fans of hokey 50s cinema especially sci-fi movies of big fans of screwball comedies very prevalent through this entire movie all of the actors hamming it up to the gills not one person is to be taken seriously in this movie tons of references to visual motifs from art house cinema There's one doctor, I forget who he is because I didn't take in any of the names. It all went by so quickly. Um, One guy who's on the cover looks like the guy from uh, the city of uh, Lost Children. There's a guy in that movie, the French film, if you've never seen it. 
please go check that movie out. It's quite amazing. Same kind of uh, weird spectacles in that. Um, this is the type of movie where they had so many ideas. There's like four different plots going on at all the time in this movie. And they're cut up in such a way that we just jump between the different plots and it's nonsensical. There's no connective tissue between each of these various segments. As we try this plot weaves in and out of itself. There are characters that are thrown at us with little to no explanation. There's disorienting CGI environments that are supposed to like, they're supposed to establish where we're at, but when they show the same, there's like this one shot that happens over and over and over again. And it's supposed to be a shot of a hallway, a CGI hallway with a bunch of different like containment cells. Every time they show that when they go in, it's a different room. Yeah. So it never makes sense. So not only are there so many plots thrown at us at once? So many characters thrown at us at once. We are, there's so much awkward, strange, disorienting CGI. And we're talking real pre 90 CGI. And we're, this movie was made in 2001 and this stuff, I, I mean, this movie was obviously made f- for peanuts. There wasn't much, it was shot on film, but it was they probably had to depend for because the scope of this thing on the CGI. And I don't know if they had somebody on staff that they was doing or they did it themselves. It's at times works for the in the film's favor, but most times is so off putting that it takes you out of the movie completely. So that was like a lot of my troubles was just trying to geographically and spatially make sense of where we were going from scene to scene. And because the visuals were just so like in your face all the time, because there's a lot of comp work with people in weird CGI environments and spaceships whirling and big eyes like spider. Like it was like the beholder from the dungeons and dragons was the alien, but you never got to look at him. All you looked at were tentacles all the time. The eyeballs. Yeah, exactly. The beholder in dungeons and dragons was like a head with a bunch of eyeballs and tentacles that came off of it. Oh, I meant the thing that looked like a, like a mouth. Yep, with a big mouth. But there in the was middle. no eyes on that. Yeah, that's. Yeah, what? there was a ton there was of a, different. There eyes. was an eye. There was an eye inside that mouth. Like in its mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm talking. But, well, keep going. But but it's hard to say what this alien actually was and the size because of the variation in animation. I, th- <laughs> I I think they had planned for one way or the other because the one. Alien, if you look at it, uh, the, when they put it on the table, isn't that big. But then when they put it in the container with the one lid that apparently keeps all the psychic energy out until they open it, um, it <gasps> seemed That's bigger. Why, wait, I'm so sorry. Stop. That's why that lid kept opening. Yeah, they would open. That's the, what was happening was right. the psychic 
<laughs> yeah, they when they when they opened the lid, it it would uh the the psychic energy came out a lot stronger. That's why they uh when Victor he like spasmed when they first opened it because they were experimenting and they opened it and so he got like the full dose of of psychic energy from the alien and that's what uh sparked him and that's where he uh did the whole uh thing with the uh uh woman taking her shirt off thing. See, I thought that was just a sewer grate. <laughs> no no that was a lid to keep him to keep the alien sealed in so <laughs> whoa, we were, folks like l- legitimately i am dumbfounded by every last thing that you see in this movie and none of it <laughs> which is inter- but it's already been established by vaughn last episode of astro radio z that obviously i'm the dumbest motherfucker on earth and i just am so unobservant when it comes to movies like the this was disorienting to me. Did you find that you, you seem to grasp this more than any of us, Mark. Did you find this disorienting at all? Oh, absolutely. No, I, I, I am not saying at all that is well put together, but again, I, as I mentioned before, my brain kind of works like this occasionally. So, um, I, I kind of filled in the spots and it, it, it is very chaotic inside my skull. You don't want to go there. It's a scary place. Uh, but, yeah, it was still distracting. I I w- had to concentrate very hard because uh, things fly by you so fast and things the way it's edited so like just chunky in, in these chunks uh, that if you if you're not actually laser focused, which I, I found myself actually being, which I didn't expect to with this movie, um, you are going to miss some things. Also, though, in their continuity, uh, where the guy is sitting in the kid's desk chair and supposedly at first he first wakes up and tries to escape. Uh, they have the same footage of the woman who eventually he makes her take her top off. It's the exact same shot. Only they just I like have that it. This was a major plot point for us. Was this lady early. taking her top well, off? No, because it was the major. Which is it was like not even one minute of the whole movie. <laughs> but we no, talked no, about it. It, it was the major. It was a major plot point because it showed his true power and connection to the alien, which sparked the third it's act true. of this film. Sorry to yell. His true power is having a lady unbutton her top of her pajamas. No, no, make, make her do it. what she what do make it do make someone do what he wants them to do. So he's not it? anywhere near her, and he thinks about his. Well, she's on the monitor. Button your top. Well, she's been on the monitor the whole time. When he's first captured, she's there as well because they used the same footage. They just cut away before she actually starts undoing her top the Baby, first time you see it. I think we watched a different movie. No, 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 no. We watched the same movie. There's just so much fucking going on in every fucking shot of this. <laughs> you have to be, you have to have like, like the alien that's the beholder that has like 60 eyes. You have to have 60 eyes to pay attention to every last fucking okay, frame of this so, movie. But the point of this was to harness the psychic energy to make a woman show her tits boobs well that's what this was no it, it wasn't, communication. No, it, well that wasn't the the true point it was just a demonstration of the power boobs. that he has it, it's more than just getting someone to take their top off it was well, what, the demonst- what what else they what? don't show it, but the one guy Smith mentions later on how he wants to channel and control the alien himself. 
and its power. And that's why he has all these volunteers. And that's why he's so keen with Victor, because Victor was able to tap into the alien's power and make her take her top off, which shows that Victor can actually tap into the alien power so he can use Victor and the alien to control people, which is what Smith really wants to do in the end. So we're going to use alien power and ability to take off a top and then think about that we might be able to do something else later, but we're not sure what. Well, they don't say, but they mentioned that that was a demonstration of the power. It wasn't the act of actually taking off, making her take off the top. It was the fact that he got her to do something. It just happened to be the fact that she took off her top because they found some actress that was able to wanting to take off her top on camera, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm just saying that the motivation wasn't specifically to take her, her top off. The motivation was just to make, it was the mind control that uh, they were looking for to do. So they were trying to harness the power of the alien and the telepathic powers. And this demonstration of the top told them that they were on the right yeah, path. Yeah, that's super stupid. Yes, it is. I'm not My just all-powerful alien LGM button three buttons. <laughs> yeah. What? They they actually do that. I'm not saying it's smart, nor am I justifying it at all. I'm just saying that's what's being presented on screen. I, I, yeah, I, it's, it was the gratuitous scene that actually was unexpected in this film because I didn't think we'd get such a scene like that with the way it was playing out. I'm like, okay. Well, he had so much power. (laughs) What else are you going to do? I don't know. Not that. (laughs) It's funny how we have literally focused on two minutes of this movie and we have, we've had like a 10 to 15 minute long conversation about this two minutes we could my apologies don't apologize for a second this is a perfect demonstration <laughs> of what this movie is like you could take any i and i mean literally any two minutes of this movie and have this sort of conversation about it well, because there is just so fucking much going on that doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense. Except that supposedly the whole point of this movie is to harness this power, right? So the the whole thing is this, we're going to harness this power and that's it. That's all they do with it. Yeah. No, that's not well, all they do. Well, no, I get where Mark's coming from with this. No, but that I'm saying that's just a slight demonstration that they are finally harnessing that power that later on which never is realized that's my point because the alien oh. you know <laughs> the mood yeah. after he goes to the gas station and gets some monster <laughs> energy drink and jerky um, he, they blow up the mood the aliens basically are taking care of business tcb baby and things they get in our car, they get a formal convert like a invite like you would get for a wedding to have a conversation with an alien oh boy careful though you better wear a couple layers because yeah. this alien doesn't talk better, about much yeah you better wear like three or four shirts 
<laughs> no, I mean, granted, yes, it would, it would, it, it would have been a, bra, it, another bra on top of it. <laughs> it would it would have been a better demonstration had they had, oh, I don't know, taken control of Smith or taken control of, you know, any of the doctors in there to let Victor go. Yeah, that would make more sense, obviously. For sure. Take the shirt off. And then anything else. Right, right. They just never well, reason. This guy's been locked in a basement for too long that the only <laughs> thing that he wanted was to, was to see some tatas. Well, well, let's let's face it, Amy. Nothing ever comes back to it, it when it's presented in ideas in this, whether it's the woman who is able to find the volunteers to why Victor was stuck on seven in a roadblock, whatever the hell that meant uh, <laughs> that they're beating the crap out of him for, for whatever reason in the CGI van, uh, <laughs> you know, right, after no, they abduct him at the park with his children who they sort of tied up loosely and, tied, and then inject him with like 15 different syringes for no yeah. reason whatsoever. No, I mean, I, I totally get where you're getting getting at Amy. They just they never revisit this. They're like, hey, he can harness the power, and then that's it. And the next thing you know, you've got a nurse shaving him who wants to also apparently do him or something because she's just all hot for him while she's shaving him. And and then you got Mr. Smith who has apparently visitors show up to see this alien. Many people have seen it to, and that's never really revisited. Uh, to Victor apparently escapes at one point and who knows, then you get this doctor out of nowhere, this one character out of nowhere, this old skeezy doctor suddenly appears and suddenly he's a major player in uh, narking on everyone. It's, it is such a, a menagerie of ideas that just are, are pushed together, like taking a plot and putting it on silly putty and then rolling that silly putty up into a ball. So <laughs> that that's the plot of this. It was, you know, on paper and they put it in a ball of silly putty. And what you have is just this bouncing ball of, of ideas that come at you and, it never you never explore anything past the scene that is presented between fades. You know, nope. you, you you never come back to it, whether it's the rivalry between Smith and the head doctor, whether it's this old man who's narking on people, whether it's the mind control thing, whether it's why they took the brain out of the girl. Nothing ever comes back or really explained. It's like, here's our idea. We're moving on. We're moving on and we're going to present you with another idea. It is literally like you had said earlier in the episode. It is a, a bunch of skits, like little tiny vignette skits that they thought were funny that day that they shot and mashed the fuck together with the framework of this guy who had <laughs> touched this alien it's, while he was out doing an archaeological dig with a painter's brush and a pickaxe <laughs> in the middle of the Badlands. <laughs> and and th honestly, it felt like that guy kept changing to a different actor or there was... <laughs> It, holy holy crap is the if, if there was going to be a box or like a box poll quote from Astro Radio Z for conversation with an alien it would be holy crap that would be it that would be it because what else can you really fucking say about this did you actually enjoy this movie Mark um 
I, I, I found entertainment in it. Now to be, to put it, I didn't know until the end of the film that it was intended to be a full blown comedy <laughs> by the production company, Hardy Har Har. I'm like, Oh, this whole thing was supposed to be a comedy. I knew there were comedic bits in it here and there, but I was like nothing that identified it to me that it was going to be a full blown comedy. More it takes itself fairly uh, seriously for the most part. Man, it, it feels like a couple of guys inside jokes. Right. Like they, they know the backstory and yeah. they have these inside jokes and they're just going with it. Well, that's because the beginning of it, it says based on a true event. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, oh, yeah. You hit the nail on the head, Amy. I, I've watched a number of films like this, usually with indie comedies, which is always even the probably one of the toughest sells for me. The problem is with some of these indie comedies that you get, it's hilarious to the people making it. Oh, yeah. Not realizing that people outside of their circle aren't going to get it. Maybe a quarter of the actual gimmicks that are there. I mean, we looked at the cast list. You have the same people, not only in front of the camera, but in behind the camera. This is a group of, of friends who got together to decide to make this film. Uh, you know, and by that standards, actually, there's some really good effort put in for the fact that they just toss this together on a whim. Mm -hmm. The problem is when you release a film like this to the wild, people aren't going to know the end joke. So I found amusement in it. I found fascination because I love really freaking bizarre films. But at the same time, I'm like what Amy said is that it's an inside thing. You, you don't get most of these, these jokes because you're not in their circle. <laughs> you're not no. you're not getting what they're actually trying to reference at no. all, you no. know. I, and it's it's bad because you could tell there's effort in here, but just at the end, I'm like, eh, oh, okay. I, I loved it because it was bizarre. Uh, you know, it's one that I would almost actually watch again just to see if I could try to pick up other things. Um, but well, it's like my the posters were funny. Some of the lines mm -hmm. were funny. I burst out laughing a couple of times, but it didn't, it wasn't the whole time. No, it wasn't, you were laughing because they were genuinely funny or were you laughing because it was just so surreal and bizarre? No, it was like, they would say a line, like call mm -hmm. a guy a dumbass and it would get me. There was like, a lot was of that. There was a <laughs> lot of really weird, this movie could, I literally thought this was non sequitur, the movie, mm -hmm. like everything that's said in this movie has no relation to what's being done in the film everything's being done with in the film has nothing to do with what had preceded it. Yeah. There were a few lines oh. that there were a few lines that actually made me laugh out loud, like genuinely laugh as well. Like uh, the whole thing is knowledge is the only thing that separates us from the animals that and indoor plumbing. I mean that, yeah. <laughs> that the, the problem is you don't get, that first segment with the miniature house in that, I love that bit. It's fairly comical, especially him trying to fight for the finance, him dropping that line about knowledge. I'm like, oh, okay, it's that type of film. Unfortunately, you do not get more of that humor in it. I mean, it's peppered, but not nearly as much as what you think you're going to get with the opening 
of the film when you get this sequence. So later on, yeah, there were parts where I did laugh and I'm like, oh, good. But that's but then we'd get another just stupid, just random thing that happens that you're just like, what? No, go back to the actual like funny bit and put more of those in here. And and the signs. Yeah. You know, I mean, there were bits and pieces in here, but on the whole, it's just like, OK, I, I'm not in on most of the joke. <laughs> Right. I kept having little bits where I would laugh. So then I wanted to like it or mm-hmm. I would almost pay attention to the storyline and kind of know where it was going and thought, mm-hmm. oh, it, nope, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it kept my attention. Well, so yeah. well, because you, you, you had that scene with the blackmail uh, photos with the random character that just showed up who uh, was blackmailing someone. And uh, Mr. Smith goes to shred them all, but he ends up putting one. Uh, photo to the side that little sequence there was actually humorous and, and reminded me a bit of some other like parody type films like okay but you don't get enough of those moments right so where would you come out on this amy did you enjoy your time watching this film yeah I don't know why exactly. It was sort of funny, sort of interesting, super weird. I wanted to get it. I also have a medical background. So the stuff they kept screwing up was entertaining for me. Um, the booger thing was weird. Like the, there was enough in it for me to be entertained. I don't, I don't know if I want to watch it again or not. Would it, well, would this tip the pot for you? On the DVD, there was a director's commentary. So I'd watch that out of curiosity. I probably will be disappointed. <laughs> I think immediately we would find out that this was all just an inside joke. No, that this probably. was all just like, oh, we were laughing at this at the break room today. We thought we would film this. Yeah, like I came up with this new scene, guys. Let's go do it tomorrow. The pivotal part of this movie, guys is a lady taking her top off. <laughs> dude, so dude, I got, dude, no, I just, I just got a 486 computer, man. I can <laughs> render that shit. Dude, no way. Yeah, I pirated, I downloaded off the internet with my 56K modem. I totally, no, no, I got the cable modem. I downloaded this new package I could use for my video toaster on my um, 486 computer, man. I can totally make tentacles. It's going to be awesome. Okay, so... I know we've been weaving a narrative that this this is a, just an absolute clusterfuck mess of a movie. Well, it, I do think that listeners of my show will find an intense and insane enjoyment watching this movie. This is one of those movies where, like I had said uh, before the break, before we started talking about this properly, that no matter how far down the rabbit hole you think you have gone in cult and exploitation cinema, there will always be something so far out there made by somebody with such a wild and divergent perspective that it will side it would sideswipe you in a way that kind of broadens your mind to how we as people, uh, how our brains work and how we tell stories. I've never seen a movie that has told a story in this fashion or seen a movie 
that it literally just shot to shot presented me with such wildly divergent, strange, bizarre, sometimes comical, sometimes like weirdly serious and artful mashed up against each other for like an hour and 28 minutes. I think this it didn't like the story. The movie did not stop until the movie stopped. Like through the credits, there was still stuff going on. I mean, this movie was so jam packed with stuff that you have to sit back regardless of the fact that it may be a clusterfuck and it may, may be a mess. And I didn't pro- properly take in everything until we sat down here and talked and Mark the movie man in his infinite wisdom was, was able to sit in like discern what the fuck was going on in this movie. Insane amount of respect to a no budget affair with so much passion put into it. It's, it's a shame that this was the only movie that Mr. Harding did because I would have loved to have seen what the follow-up to this was. There's this movie shot on film, tons of comp work, which means for, for those of you that aren't aware of this terminology, it's the, the marriage of false backgrounds with shot elements. So there's a lot of green screen work that is integrated for a zero budget, so well not all of it works perfectly i mean there's a shot of a a dude in a a milk truck that is some of the worst looking thing it is literally one of the worst this side of birdemic one of the worst things i've ever seen in a movie they literally they literally laid the video on top of the polygon so he's driving and his whole image is slanted it oh my god it's 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 really indescribable like mark he laid out there a little bit but when you see it it's like stretched and it looks (laughs) awful it doesn't even remotely look right but having said that for no budget you there are certain movies like let's take for example manborg Mm -hmm. made by steve kostansky zero budget all he's got is his buddies some uh paper mache get-ups and after effects and he put together this phenomenally energetic fun movie that energy is all throughout a conversation with an alien no matter how hackneyed how stupid how fucking wildly idiotic this movie may be so much energy and passion was put into this thing that I kind of have to respect it. And I absolutely want to see this again. <laughs> Here's, I want to hear the director's commentary for sure. And I want to see this again, because as a fan of this type of stuff, since I was a little, little tyke. And I mean, this is kind of the reason why we even do this podcast or I do this podcast. And I know I can I can speak for Mark. He's been on the show since before I started doing it. When Corey was doing it, he came on the show as well. This is basically what I dig for is this kind of movie. And I have a feeling that's why Mel presented it to us because Astro Radio Z is about presenting you, the listener, with the weirdest, strangest films out there and kind of getting to the point where we may have just found your next favorite movie. (laughs) Conversations with an alien, a conversation with an alien 
is the strangest thing you're going to see this year if you get the opportunity to watch it. Made in 2001, so it's not a new movie. Nearly 20 years old at this point. I, just like we had a couple weeks ago, said that Veronica was something that you needed to see. It's just an experience that you're not going to find elsewhere. This movie tonight is unlike any other film I've ever watched. Maybe outside of things like there's there are certain movies where you sit and watch them and they have such a weird perspective on what cinema is that they turn into outsider art like they're art films conversation with an alien borderlines a fucking art film like i don't understand what they were thinking at any point with anything that happened in this movie. So for me, this is an absolute recommend for all my listeners. This I've never seen anything like this. If you can get past the fact that most of the movie looks like missed era CGI full motion video game, like if you had popped in Phantasmagoria and it happened to be about space aliens with syringes stuck in them, <laughs> this is this is your movie. If you watch something like that, you're going to find immense enjoyment in this. If you get severely frustrated by bad looking movies with horrible plot structure and dumbfounding characters, steer way, way clear of this fucking thing. There's no way you're going to connect with this and you're going to find zero enjoyment out of this. Amy, you have any final words for conversation with an alien? Oh, boy. Um, well, I've only probably seen a handful of quote unquote bad movies uh, compared to either of you. I actually was entertained for lots of different reasons. So I I would watch it. Interesting. Mark the movie, man. Any final words about conversation with an alien? <laughs> It's one of those films that's an experience. Uh, I can attest to the fact that uh, a film trying to be made like this today probably wouldn't be nearly as entertaining because it would be trying too hard. Derek, it would also look like it would also look like it would look even worse. It would look worse. I mean, Derek put it there's a lot of passion behind this film you can tell that regardless of how good it is or bad and i think people sometimes miss that point with especially indie stuff yes it's got a lower production but the fact that the energy that was put into this film that they constructed this just mind altering experience is a very impressive and mad respect for him to do it, especially on film in 2001, they could have done it on digital tape, but they did it on film, which in itself is impressive for the amount of, of effects work, whether or not they're really modern effects or not is also impressive with a no budget. Yeah. I would recommend it for people uh, who love the low budget indie stuff, especially the early stuff, uh, where people were making this stuff to make it because they didn't have anyone on the internet tell them either to make it or that they're doing it wrong <laughs> or what they're doing is dumb or that they should put this in. They just went ahead and made something. Um, and it, you can tell that in here. They're, 
it's an experience. It, it really is. It's it's one of those. I love films like this as well because uh, it's different. It's out of the norm. Uh, whether or not it's good or bad, it's someone doing something that isn't your normal structured film, which also tells you they were making this movie to make it, not necessarily to make it so it would appeal to everyone. And I like right. that, you know. It feels like they made it for themselves, not for other people. Right. And so if you're not in on the end joke, oh, well, they were they had fun making it. It's one that they probably sit down and watch and laugh hysterically on it because they also know the back behind the scenes stuff, you know, but mad. Because the actual story, the true events happened to them. I'm well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the true events. Exactly. Uh, there While is we were an, sitting in my basement. That's right. <laughs> There are aliens trapped in some uh, uh, some boiler room somewhere. Uh, <laughs> um, still today, they forgot about it, so they should go back and, and revisit it. But no, I I would recommend it for anyone looking for the the unusual, the bizarre, the the ones that have a really good heart and motivation behind them, where someone's just making the film that they want to make, not necessarily one that's going to appeal to everyone. Um, you know, and I, I love movies like that. I really do. That's, I've really grown to love movies like that, especially over the years, especially knowing you, Derek, and, uh, going to the festivals and that I've grown to really like films, you know, love films like that, uh, because there's so much cookie cutter stuff out there now that, uh, when you get something like this, it's just, it's something you've got to see words cannot describe and at the end you're either going to go wow i wasted so much or you're going to go holy <laughs> crap i'm going to watch it again my only caveat would be this is definitely one of those films you watch with a group you can watch it by yourself but i would highly recommend you watch it with a group either. there's no way i would have taken anything out of this movie outside of this experience of us watching it all together mm-hmm. and then us doing this podcast I there's no way I would have even had any idea without immediately starting it over again and trying to like really hone in on what the fuck is happening in this movie without you guys. Fuck. I would have been left in the dust. (laughs) I would have been left so far in the fucking dust with this goddamn movie. So, yeah, this is this is, as you said. I, this is a group experience kind of movie, and those are perhaps some of the funnest movies mm-hmm. to have. And so, and, and Amy is completely right. It is a different actress. So, uh, just, <gasps> see, different titties. It, Not <laughs> stunt titties. Those were stunt titties. No, it what? was a it was a different actress. Though I yeah, swear they dropped the name Carla in it. No, <sighs> Carla's That's... brain was out before the shirt was off. Well, no, see, I, I now you understand why I had such confusion because I swear there were multiple parts in this movie where this one character has multiple actors play that character. It felt like certain parts of this movie. One actor played a character, then somebody else was in that role. Then all of a sudden we came back to the other actor. I could be totally wrong, but that's how it fucking felt to me. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh, my God. 
Did you, Mark? I I didn't notice that either. I did notice that the same person may have played a number of different roles, but not uh, different people in the same role. But then again, with the lighting and everything, I can definitely see where Eric, uh, where Derek may have uh, uh, gotten at. Um, but yeah, it's it. But it's hard to tell because things are flying. It, it's so kinetic that it's it's so many things happening in this film that it's it you, you're gonna. It can be very uh, mind <laughs> bending for you. I mean, the age so. even looks different in different parts of the movie, right? Because I don't think they really ever had a design. For One the eyeball, twenty eyeballs, only tentacles. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if some of that CGI was stock. Like they had a bunch of stock elements and stock like uh, scenes that they had pulled, and they're like, "Well, how do we craft this into being one creature?" So they just kind of like hinted that this was the alien. It had all these tentacles. Then there was an eye. Like they had, oh, look at this stock element of this CGI <laughs> eye that looks like a lizard eye. So what creepy. About this? What about this CGI scene of like this barren, vast wasteland <laughs> with one eyeball in the middle of it? Yeah, they did, they did that a couple of times where it looks like almost mm-hmm. like a little, like a pinball yeah. ball and it turns and it's like, the pupil shows up yep. <laughs> yeah yeah the it, the different eye the eye would change that they must have used just different found different stock footage for the most part i'm going to say that for a film like this the scene in the surgery room considering the other cgi that actually blended fairly well. <laughs> you mean where it was like squeezing the person? Yeah, where the tentacles were on the table and they were trying to work with it or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. never got the full tentacles, but there was there were elements in front of them or that they were trying to act on. And for the film like this, especially with some of the other stuff where you had the full CGI, it it didn't actually look half bad at that point where they actually had some animation but i wouldn't doubt that a lot of it was especially with the hallways the same hallway shot we got uh multiple times and the piping shot uh all were probably from some kind of package or stock elements (laughs) they had to have been the vast majority of this i'm sure was a bunch of stock elements they had found it uh, so i mean obviously there was a lot of custom stuff that was made yeah but because Certain things were just shown over and over and over and over again. I'm sure a lot of this was just a bunch of stock elements that they threw together. So, um, oh boy. Listeners, that's about all I got on this movie. We're going to move on. I want to thank Mel for providing this. He was extremely excited for me to see this and for us to all see this and make this episode happen. So thank you. Uh, Listeners, if you want to make your own Astro Radio Z episode. Go over to the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z, and uh, become an Astro Radio Z Patreon member. And you too can make us watch weird fucking shit for this show. (laughs) So, having said that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, maybe, just maybe, someone will cut open my forehead. And a weird lizard eye will come out of it. Yes. Stick around.
<laughs> Hi, I'm Angelique. And there's nothing better at the end of a long day than a hot bath and a good book. Now, I'm not talking your highfalutin literature like your, your Jane Eyre or your Wuthering Heights. I'm talking candy bars for your brain. The kind of books you'll find gathering dust at the Bilo or your local used bookstore. Books about monsters, ghosts, demons, werewolves, draculas, killers, surgical abominations, or just about any other horror you can dream up. So, plug the drain, grab you a book, and come soak with me in the tub of terror. Today, this is a good one, y'all. <laughs> Today, we are talking about Patty Whack, A Tale of Bloody Terror by John Sturr. At least I think that's how you pronounce his name. It's S-T-C-H-U-R, Sturr. Um, uh, Stephen King read this one and said that uh, the author turns Michigan into Lovecraft country. And that's not far from what you're going to get if you pick up Paddywhack. And I, uh, you know, recommend that you do. So uh, I'll just ruin it for you. It's ducky. It's absolutely ducky. It is quackers. <laughs> this book. You know, the best one of the best parts of the book is the cover. Um, there's this demented looking uh, Boston Terrier on the front of this book, and it's hilarious. That's the number one reason why I picked it up to begin with was just looking at the cover of this thing. Um, I really just I want to blow this cover up and put it as a poster on my wall just so I can laugh at that goofy looking possessed dog <laughs> anyway so paddywhack let me tell you about it it opens with a, a kind of proto exorcist type scene um it's in india and this girl is getting attacked by some invisible force um she's being bitten and cursed and you know they're thinking she's possessed um but in reality, she's just being attacked by evil. Um, and there's kind of a little journal entry where this kind of same thing has happened um, throughout the centuries to other people. Then it cuts to modern day, and we meet Jack Lil and his wife and his daughter, Rachel. And they're going to live with his aunt Lucille who is the town nut um, she was obsessed with this man named Bruce um, they had a real toxic relationship but she loved him and was going to love him forever so she couldn't let him go when he died alright so Jack and his wife Judy and his daughter Rachel moving in with his aunt Lucille because 
Jack is kind of like The Shining. Um, he's an actor who's not that great, who has just total obsession with glamour and grandeur, and he has major daddy issues. Throughout the book, I mean, this book is full of words, and it does drag in places, especially because a lot of it just takes place in Jack's inner monologue, where all he wants to do is hear his daddy say how proud he is of him and how he wants to be a big time actor but instead he's had to leave the city and go to the country and move in with his aunt because he doesn't have a career and his wife's a substitute teacher and he's going to be the librarian of this small town library um he has a real problem with authority figures especially if they're male he treats his boss like crap. Admittedly, his boss is kind of a jerk face. Then he basically falls in love with his neighbor, Henry, who just turns out to be the be-all, end-all of daddy's substitutes. Then they meet the dog, Bruce. Bruce is Aunt Lucille's dog, and she treats him like a people. He eats at the table. She talks to him. She doesn't treat him like a dog. The kid, Rachel, she's about six. She falls in love with the dog, wants to play with the dog, but the dog is mean. And you can tell that the dog is mean by the way he plays. He's snapping and growling and pulling. Uh, one day, Bruce kills a bunch of kittens. Then you get all these flashbacks between Aunt Lucille and Bruce and the terrible way that he treated her. And then the story of how she found the dog, which she named Bruce as a puppy. I'm totally going to spoil this for you, but basically she goes to the town Satanist after the man Bruce dies and she has this dog and has them do some freaky deaky ceremony to meld their souls and beings into one so she could have Bruce forever. So she's basically having a romance uh, with a, a Boston Terrier and things go downhill. She gets really sick with pneumonia and dies. Then the dog goes berserk and ends up killing itself. Well, just like any good supernatural book, the dog ain't dead. It's weird, meddled up soul, breaks the barrier, is attacking Jack all over the place. It kills Henry and Henry's wife. Um, it's attacking the daughter. It's attacking Judy, the wife. And then <laughs> he goes and visits the town Satanists and they're like, oh, we don't know what to do. Uh -huh. This deal is between the devil and your aunt. I don't know. So he just decides to tape a cross to his hand and crawl into his aunt's bed naked and have a showdown with the uh, bitey demon spirit. Uh, he gets pulled into the other realm, kind of like Poltergeist 2. Has a showdown. Gets saved by the angel or whatever of Henry and that's that <laughs> this book is goony goofy fun just you know ignore Jack I mean there are pages that you can pretty much skip because it's just Jack whining about his career and how he's so much better than everybody else in this town um, but what you really want to read is the stuff about uh, Bruce and Lucille and then anything about the dog it's great it, this book is like the Exorcist, Poltergeist 2, 
pet cemetery and um Cujo had a tryst and this was the result really really good book it's super ducky well my water's getting chilly and my fingers are all pruney so I'm gonna drain my water here and I hope that you'll come hang out in the tub with me again for our next episode same bath time same bath channel So there we go, folks. It's all done. Another episode of Astro Radio Z is in the can. Uh, thank you, Mark, for coming on. Thank you, Amy, for continuing to indulge in my uh, obsession with talking about perhaps the dumbest movies ever produced in the history of cinema. Are you looking forward to what may next come at us? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some have been entertaining, some have been total horseshit, but what are you going to do? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, the next episode, supposedly, every time I do this and every time I announce what the next episode is, I throw another episode in between them. So I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. The next episode of Astro Radio Z is going to be about the five, yes, count them, five subspecies movies we're getting back into the swing of things i know there are a lot of listeners out there that have been getting a hold of me wanting me to get back to franchises and wanting me to do franchise episodes mike i'm looking at you um we're gonna do a lot of those this year i have a few of them set up already we're gonna do subspecies we're gonna do the slumber party massacre movies we're going to do the beyond the door series so hey listeners you liked all of our franchise episodes? Well, pick up your pantaloons, folks. We're gonna pull, we're gonna dive in deep this year on Astro Radio Z. Pantaloons? <laughs> what? What you didn't like that? What should I have said? Is that because of like the old timey vampires, or why? Why would you <laughs> choose pantaloons? Figures? I don't know. Things just oh. pop into my head, Amy. Okay. I don't really think these. Well, I don't pre-script, well, as you could tell. Pull up those pantaloons. I don't pre-script my ramblings obviously um so this just flying off off the cuff here so anyway so we're going to be doing a lot of episodes on uh various franchises whether or not we'll do a big long string of episodes like we did in the past with uh witchcraft or the puppet master series will yet to is yet to be seen and all i could say is this and uh, Mark knows this because he was on the All the Gimmicks episode where we did our last horror porn parody episode. That will be the last horror porn parody episode. So listeners, do not, do not expect another horror porn parody episode. We put the kibosh on that bullshit. And you can, you can, over. You can blame me for that. I apologize. So. It's not your fault, Mark. It's, it is. And it was bound to happen at some point. I, there were varying factors that contributed to me finally putting the coffin door and nailing it shut on well, that stuff. Well, that's because you, you, we ran out of Edward penis hand films to talk about. And those were the <laughs> only watched them all? Is that the problem? Amy, we watched three <laughs> Edward penis hands movies. There are three. There are three. <laughs> there, are, there are three. Yes. I knew there was one. Yes. There's, <sighs> there's three. 
And as you can guess, as you can guess, the third one is the worst one of them all. I mean, (laughs) were any of them good? (laughs) Well, there was one where there's jizz rain. Well, so I've seen that one, but this goes back to the last show I was on with you about some apocalypse jar monetary <laughs> thing. Like, <laughs> listeners, if you want to know what she's talking about, go over to astro uh, patreon.com forward slash astro radio Z. Have you gotten sick of me saying that yet? This yeah, episode? nothing like showing up for a show and and being told all kinds of very bizarre <laughs> outfits you're supposed to wear yeah. and how we're purchasing items. Yeah, that one was my fault. <laughs> Yeah, the last one, Mark, the last horror porn parody episode, which is one of the episodes of my other podcast with my dear friend Seth Paulin called All the Gimmicks. You can subscribe to that listeners anywhere. And it's mostly Seth and I just rambling about weird bullshit. Sometimes we talk about movies. Most of the time we just talk about Gothic King Cobra. Oh, Lord. So the last horror porn parody episode is on an episode called Scott hates khaki pants. Mark the movie man picked all those out. He edited them. Okay, he quote unquote edited okay, them. Okay, I should have used more restraint with editing, but there were some plot <laughs> points that ended up also having some more mature content. So, okay, I'm sorry. I should have cut them better. We we really opened something up here, guys. Oh I'm my sure. gosh! Oh my! I, I I just give a lot of shit to Mark about this. It was a lot. Actually, he did a great job. But uh, having gone through that experience, I that alongside the other podcast that I did with Paula, the podcast at Orgy Castle, listeners, if you don't know what that is. Last year, we did this podcast where Paula and I every week would find a smut movie and we would talk about it. And we did 33 episodes of that before I finally threw in the towel and said, okay, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But man, every single week watching another smut movie was altering my perception as to what, <laughs> what what watching film was. So I had to put the kibosh on that. I'm done. No more. No more. So so if you had to porn. put out some requests, what, what kind of examples are you looking for here? More what like, more like conversation with an alien, that kind of movie. Yes, no, I would no love. Porn. Yeah. If if listeners, you want to start telling me what to do on this show, if you have any requests, I've had some. I put it out to the Twitter followers. I put it out on the Patreon. I put it out on the Facebook page and I've gotten some pretty cool requests. But I think a lot of what I'm seeing coming back at me is. People want me to do more strange action films. Ooh, that would be fun. So maybe in the coming months, we'll start going more towards weird action, Mm. which my bud Eric, who does the shot and video episodes with me now, um, he does this thing, this segment on Astro Radio Z called Squib Central, which are it's totally devoted to that. So whether or not we just absolve that and bring that into this will is yet to be seen, but maybe that's where we'll go. So if you want to start booking shows, do you remember what what did I say? Where where should these listeners go if they they want to start booking shows? Oh, you're Radio at Z? me. I yeah. don't know. Exactly. Oh my god! I only said fifteen minutes. The Patreon thing. I don't remember the backslash. Patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. 
go there. So anyways, this is the portion of the show after if you're still listening after <laughs> 20 fucking minutes of us rambling about nothing and me shilling every two seconds. This is the portion of the show where my guest shamelessly shills the fuck out of you. Mark the movie man. You always have a plethora of things to show. <laughs> chill to my audience please <laughs> well uh they can find me on the youtube special mark pro uh, or prod however you want to put it i forgot it but uh i'm on the youtubes i have about 1600 videos there been doing it for many many moons uh you can not only get movie reviews there but i occasionally dabble into short films and yes with the quarantine in effect i've been inspired to bring back a long back and forth resurrected and dying series that started my channel so you're going to hear it here first folks been teasing it for a while yes lonely trooper is coming back for at least a six part series if not more depending on the response i get so lonely trooper shall make another another triumphant return uh within the next month here otherwise you can go to specialmarkproductions.com for all your movie man needs there's links there to my own patreon which uh we're small but mighty we got a lot of cool stuff there for a very little price as well as uh, the spoiler room podcast where we're doing a year-long gimmick where we're basically playing a variation of six degrees to kevin bacon only it's 52 degrees kevin bacon and uh where i continually intricately connect films uh one a month we do a kevin bacon film and between those episodes i connect other movies movies to it playing it a la six degrees of kevin bacon so all of that you can find mainly at specialmarkproductions.com oh and i also do occasionally written reviews on we live entertainment where they have a youtube channel where i may be doing a show there soon so uh yeah there you have awesome. it awesome amy do you have any final words for my audience oh thanks for having me again this was fun awesome well listeners please be safe. Stay the fuck home during this pandemic. Don't be one of these fucking jabronis that I see out there hooking up with your friends, having parties still playing basketball, but the playing basketball. It Don't be one of those assholes. Be safe. Stay healthy. I hope you and your family are great. Watch weird movies. You can pick up a conversation with an alien very dirt cheap on amazon.com they're still shipping them out i just got mine the other day so uh watch some weird movies take this time slow life down and watch weird shit see you next time thank you for listening to astro radio z Astro Radio Z-139 received the alien transmission and was hosted, produced, computer-generated, injected with boobers, and edited in a children's wooden desk chair by Derek Carey, Amy Daly, Mark the Movie Man, Angelic Bone, and Daniel Edenfield. For more information, and to talk to the hosts online, join the All The Gimmicks Facebook group, and slash or find us on Twitter at Astro Radio Z. Music played on this episode, which we urge you to go purchase and support can be purchased through the supporting links provided in the show notes. Coronavirus death smog hoax a culture cutthroat. If you would like to hear more than your regular releases of Astro Radio Z, go over to our Patreon page. For the low price of $1 a month, you will receive monthly bonus episodes and much more. 
Check out what we have to offer and join us for the ultimate ours experience at patreon.com forward slash astroradiosz. Enjoy the remaining moments of your mortal existence. Astro Zombies Astro Radio Z will return next month from the bowels of hell to your blown out speakers. And this is their new hoax. nobody and you wonder the press is in hysteria mode recorded a large jump in coronavirus deaths and increase its official number of cases to more than 2,500. I say that you're a terrible reporter. It's a very bad signal that you're putting out to the American people. And there's a lot of fake news out there. This is time to come together.